Aren't you thankful today that you know Jesus Christ? Amen? Amen. And that He has you. Amen? No matter how much you fall, Jesus Christ is always there for us. And it's, that's what I love about our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about what I do. Or how much, it's not about what, how much working I do for Him, but Jesus Christ died on the cross for each and every one of us. Amen? That we could, it was His redemptive work that we could have a relationship with Him this morning. Yes, I was sick last week, but I'm better. I'm ready for a 15 minute sermon, ready to go. Everybody thinks that He's going to be going an hour and a half today because. Randy, I knew something was up because last night about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, Randy Titsworth texted me or called me and said, you've got to watch Church Rescuers, Rescuers on National Geographic. Did y'all see that? Hey, I, I felt good. That guy preached for three hours and 25 minutes, didn't he? So, he did good. Let's all stand this morning. We'll be preaching on Everybody Goes Through Go-Throughs. And it just seems like uh, God laid... I was going to preach out of Nehemiah, but I wanted... God just laid this on my heart about just looking at the church body and everything that everybody's going through. Everybody is going through a go-through. Amen? Amen? How many had one last week? It might have been small. It doesn't mean it was something major. It could have been small. You say, Brother George, I'm not... I got some news for you. Hang on. Your go-through is coming. Amen? Amen. We all go through go-throughs. But there's something different about it being in a relationship with Jesus Christ that helps us go through them go-throughs. I don't know how people survive today without having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Going through in the world that we live in and things that happen, I, I don't know what they do without Jesus Christ. And so as I was thinking about this this week, of how, how we, our church body, it, it, and it's not that people are disobedient, good things Bad things happen to good godly people. Amen? Amen? Every time you go through a trial or a persecution, doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. You need to pray about it and search your own heart. God will let you know. But we just live in a, in a, in a sin world where bad things happen. And we get caught in them and get caught in this routine of life. And so we're going to have go-throughs. But Jesus Christ is always looking for our worship. Amen? How much do we worship Him? In the bad times, in the trials. Look what Peter said, and real quick, in First Peter. First Peter, he talks about trials and sufferings, and, and he goes back to something that he relies on, that, that Peter knew that he had to rely on. That was his relationship with Jesus Christ. In verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in a heaven for you. Now, I love this part five. When you're going through a trial, you need to circle verse five. When you're going through a go-through, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Who keeps you by His power? Jesus Christ. That's what Peter said. He said, In this you can greatly rejoice through now for a little while, if need be. You have been, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, 
may be found to praise and honor and glorify the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, whom, having not seen, you love, though you do not see Him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Now look on down to verse 12. Here's where I want to key in on verse 12. I love this part. This is what's so unique about our relationship with Jesus Christ. In verse 12 it says, To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. These things which angels desire to look into. Did you know angels today desire to look at your relationship with Jesus Christ? They desire to have what the redeemed have this morning. Heavenly Father, we just love you this morning. It's just so good to be in your house. Lord, we just invite your presence and your spirit in. Lord, at this time as your service and through our worship. And, and now, Lord, as we're into your word, I pray that you would just still our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us about our relationship with Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would just search our hearts about our church relationship. And Lord, when we go through trials and persecutions, do we worship you? Lord, the angels above are desiring to have what we have as the redeemed. Can we walk out here today, no matter what go through we're going through, can we say, my Redeemer lives? Heavenly Father, we just want to give you the praise. Have your way in this service in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Just wanted to emphasize how important it is when we're going through trials and, and pains and hurts about that, having that relationship with Jesus Christ and, and being in that intimate walk with Jesus Christ. But also, not does that, is, is that not important? But also having a church family. I don't know, again, I don't know how people make it without having a good supporting church family when they're going through go-throughs. Amen? This is why, listen, this is why Jesus Christ died on the cross for the church. <laughs> to give us something that we can lean on going through them hard times and them hurts and them pains. We don't have to bear it all on our own. We have a church body, and, and, and I asked her to do that this morning because I just picked out one, but there's many, many, many people just this last week and in the last month that have went through some uh, hurts and some pains, went through some trials. You know, I, I, there's been a lot of sick just through sickness. You know, I look at Randy and Melissa sitting back here in the back and what they've been through in the last year. I see Johnny and Phyllis. They just went through a death this week. I look at Vicky and Mitch and his cancer report that he got back. There's a lot of hurt and sickness out there, amen? And so Vicky, I, something stuck in my heart though, and that's kind of what two weeks ago, what got this sermon going is what Vicky said, especially has pulled them and Mitch through and, and, and just strengthened them. Of course, it's Jesus Christ. But Vicky, uh, did you want to... I asked her to speak, and she said, I don't know if I can, but then she said, I will. So I want her to tell just here a little bit. Give it a little, she's going to give a, quick, a testimony of what Jesus Christ is, how He's working in their lives through these trials. I didn't have a... Can, you had a mic, Tim? I'll give it to her. Good morning, everyone. 
Um, the last month or so, as most of you know, has been a big trial for our family. But it, God's plans, we never know what God's plans are. Earlier this year, God brought our family here to this church through our youngest son, Richard. We've uh, reacquainted with a lot of old friends. It's been such a blessing. But I don't know what we would do without this church body. And for the uplifting and the prayers on a daily basis has got us both through everything. I just want everybody to know that we do not know what God's plans are for tomorrow. But God's plan for us this year was to bring us to Pleasant Hill. And thank you all for your wonderful support. We love every one of you so much. And thank you. Amen. And we could have probably just a 30-minute testimony service. If I just went through people and asked Randy and Melissa and other folks that Johnny and, and different ones that have went through different things and sickness and trials, we could stand up here uh, forever and ever. But there was something I Googled a couple weeks ago and I'm trying to find them. I'm going I'm to buy them and I'm going to bring them and I'm going to use them in my sermon one Sunday. They're called Miracle Berries. That's what they're called. Google it. Not now. After service. <laughs> Google it. It's called Miracle Berry. Here's what this Miracle Berry does. I really didn't believe it at first when I was reading it, but they took a, a chef. A lot of chefs are using them now. It's probably a good... If I was cooking, I'd need a lot of them. But they would take this lemon and they would cut it in half and quarter it. And they had these little berries cut up in another bowl. And the chef said, take the lemon. He gave him a quarter of lemon. He bit down and sucked on it. No, no, no. Let me take it back. Here's what he did. He told him to take the berry first, the milk berry, put it in his mouth and he rolled it around his mouth and kept it in there and it covered the palate of his mouth and everything. Then he handed him a slice of lemon and he bit into it and, and the guy, you would have seen the guy's face. He was like, his eyes were bugging out and he goes, wow, it tastes like lemonade. It turns things that are sour and bitter and makes them sweet. It's called a miracle berry. I'm going to order some one Sunday and we're going to use them right here. And as I was thinking about that, as Christians sometimes, as a child of God, the redeemed, we can use that as our praise berry. Because there's only, listen, that's the one thing that the devil is after and the world is after, and that's your worship of Jesus Christ. In John 4, 23 and 24, it says that God is searching for true worshipers. And how more than that than in the day that we live in, listen, God's not looking for just a bunch of pew sitters. Amen? He's not looking for somebody just to come in and fill his house. He is searching for worshipers. And he's looking for a worshiper that's been through a go-through. Because, man, when you've been through a go-through, you don't mind worshiping Jesus Christ. Amen? You have that, Tina, that verse, John chapter 4. It says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. You've got to have both. Amen? Kind of like Leonard Ravenhill said, you have all truth, you'll dry up. You have all spirits, you'll blow up. But if you got them both, you'll grow up. Amen? You've got to have Jesus is looking for spirit and truth worship. Heartfelt worship. 
And, and what better time? And, I, and I've looked around at people that goes through these go-throughs that y'all been going through. And it is amazing to see y'all here on Sunday morning, standing back here with your hands raised, just worshiping Jesus Christ. Amen. Even though you've had a bad week. even But this is, what, this is what the angels are desiring to look into. They're looking into our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because remember what I said a ago in verse 20, it said angels are desiring it. Go to uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Here's another verse that Paul writes in, in Ephesians chapter 3. And he talks about the manifold wisdom of God. He talks about the mystery. Paul writes, you're going to see a lot in Paul's writings about the mystery, the mystery, the mystery. What is the mystery? Is it some movie coming out that's a mystery movie? Paul is writing about something that God has kept hidden from the, the beginning of time. He has kept the mystery hidden until now Paul comes onto the scene. Paul gets saved on the road to Damascus. He becomes an apostle and preaches the gospel. Starts three missionary journeys. God set aside Paul to reveal the mystery. And the mystery is that we're all one in Jesus Christ. That's, that, that's basically the mystery in a nutshell. It's not for just the Jews. It's not just for the Gentiles. It's not for the white. It's not for the black. Paul was trying to come together and say the mystery that's been hidden. And if Satan would have known this, he would have tried to stop the church years and years ago in the book of Acts. He knew about the cross. He knew about Jesus Christ dying on the cross and, and giving us eternal life. Redeeming, buying back. Sin, paying the sin price. But if he had known how important the church was, I think Satan would attack more. Why do you think Satan's like a roaring lion going up and down the rows of churches today and why he loves to see them split? Because he knows there's power in the church. Look what Paul says. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9, And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden. God who created all things through Christ Jesus. To the intent now. The manifold wisdom of God. The manifold wisdom of God is the many, many facets of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's worship. It's love. It's unity. It's the movement of, of the Holy Spirit. It's the wisdom. The angels sit back and just in awe of how God Created the world. They were there when he created the world. Angels were. How many, by the way, how many of y'all believe in angels? Because if nobody raised their hand, tough. I'll preach on tithing, but I'm preaching on angels. Amen? <laughs> angels, listen, angels are created beings. They are alive and they are real. Amen. I want to get to that before we get started. Angels are God's created beings. Amen. It says, now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known... How's this wisdom of God going to be made known to the world? By the church. He didn't say by Jesus. He said through the church. To the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. Not only is the manifold wisdom of God going to be made known to the angels in heaven. They're amazed. They desire our relationship with the redeemed. But it also messes up the demons and the devil. And them are just as real, church. You said, I don't know about that, Brother George. Let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. Who was Satan before he was Satan? What was his name in the book of Job and Isaiah and Ezekiel? What was his other name besides Satan, the devil? Lucifer. Lucifer, come, listen, 
Lucifer, Lucifer got cast out of heaven one day. He was God's worshiping angel. He was God's music angel. Read about it in Isaiah. Get your Bible, y'all. Don't take my word. Dig. I, I'm preaching the truth, but you need to dig and check up, check up on this. Lucifer got kicked out of heaven and one third of his angels that rebelled went with him. Now can you imagine the next Sunday in church? One third of our congregation gone? One third of our praise team gone? One third of our leaders gone? But you know what? God didn't have a pity party. God says, I want people to redeem. And this is why angels are amazed at our relationship with Jesus Christ. God said, I want people to worship because it's a choice, not because you're programmed to be here every Sunday. Amen. You don't got to worship. You get to worship. I'm going to keep preaching. Man, that's been on my heart for weeks, and I'm going to keep preaching it. You don't got to be here today. You get to. (laughs) You don't got to raise your hand on Sunday. You get through because of the go-through that you've been through and how Jesus Christ lifted you up above it and give you peace and joy and joy unspeakable right in the middle of a hurting trial. That's why the church can worship and say, I get to. I get to worship today because I've had a bad week. Brother George, the devil's been attacking me. He's been on the prowl. He's been bringing up my past. And by the way, if he's bringing up your past, he's running out of new material. Here's what, here's, what, here's what drives the devil crazy. Here's what you need to do this week. If the devil's coming and attacking you, tell him, Satan, you couldn't even serve and live for God when there wasn't no devil. <laughs> Some of y'all get that on the way home. But think about it. He comes in and says, you can't worship, you can't serve God, you can't raise your family right, you can't stay married, you can't do this. Tell him, you couldn't either when there wasn't a devil. At least I'm trying to rely on the Holy Spirit. At least I'm trying to rely on God. At least I have a way and an access and and confidence to His his Holy holy of Holies and his, His altar. At least I have a place to go every day, devil. You couldn't even do it when there wasn't a devil. Some of y'all are saying, I don't know, what's he preaching about here when there wasn't a devil? Lucifer was an angel. There was no devil when he got cast out of heaven. He become Lucifer. So you got, that drives, you got one up on the devil. Tell him, you ain't so big, big pants. Smarty pants, call him whatever you want. He calls you plenty of stuff. Amen? I know we got some of these Baptists in here. I don't believe in devils and I don't talk to the devil like that. And you don't need to talk to him. You need to rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what Michael the archangel did. Contending for the body of Moses said, I rebuke you, devil, in the Lord. The Lord rebuke you. Don't spend all... Listen, if, you, if the devil's coming in and attacking you this week, don't spend all week long trying to... Be your huckleberry. Amen. Give it to God and say, I'm going through a go-through right now, but the Lord rebuke you, devil. I don't have time for you. i got more important things to do. I'm not going to be drugged down. I'm serving Jesus with the devil. You couldn't even serve him when there wasn't a devil. And you know what? He goes, ooh, I forgot about that. Them, them, them redeemed people are something else. Yeah. 
That's why the devil is amazed at the redeemed. But the angels, they're amazed at the redeemed. The saved child of God, the church, they're, they're, the angels are amazed. Angels don't get to experience what we experience. Anybody know what the three main devils in the Bible? Um, three main devils. Three main angels in the Bible are Gabriel, Michael. Anybody else? And Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael. We also have guardian angels. I wish I'd brought my book. I, I got a book that reads that just takes off, and it's about two pages. Of what devil angels are from Genesis to Revelation. They're guarding angels. They're ministering angels. There's worshiping angels. All of these angels. And believe me, growing up, I made my angel work overtime. Amen? Most of us have. Amen? I mean, you work the poor guy to the bone. I bet he was saying, I bet that angel, see, angels can't see in the future, but if he could, he'll say, I'll be glad when he surrenders to preach. I'm so tired of chasing him. But they can't see in the future. They're not omniscient like God. Neither is the devil. Remember that. That's why there's something special about being redeemed. Angels desire to look into our salvation. It says, God is teaching or educating the animal, the angels, animals, the angels, teaching them because they don't get to have what they, they listen. They're programmed to worship. Yes, they cry, "Holy, holy, holy, God Almighty." Yes, in Revelation chapter five, they're around the throne of God, and out in the middle steps out the Lamb, and they cry, "Holy, holy, holy," for the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. Yes, they worship Isaiah in, in Isaiah chapter six. Said he's seen a great train, a robe coming out of the temple, and it filled up with smoke. And he's seen seraphims and angels flying around singing, Holy, 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 holy. But they're programmed to do that. We do it because we have a choice. And that's what makes us different about the redeemed. You don't got to, you get to. And the devil's going to do everything he can do today to stop your worship. Stop your walk in relation to Jesus Christ and get this, guys. Everybody listen. He's going to do everything he can to stop your relationship with the church. The reason I'm preaching this is we got, we've had a lot of sickness in this church. We've had a lot, it's time to get on board and say, devil, I'm tired of fighting you every week. I'm going to the house of the Lord. That's for me and my house. We're going to get back to serving you. Sometimes you've got to declare that in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you can't just get walked on by the world and the devil day after day after day. Because you get discouraged. And then you know what usually happens? We give up and become just like them. Sometimes you've got to take a stand and say, Man, I've been out of church about six weeks. It's time for our family. Let's go, guys. This Sunday we're going to be in church. I didn't get a lot of amens. I knew I wouldn't. But that's all right. Sometimes you've got to do that because the devil is going to attack your worship. He don't want to see you raise your hand. He don't want to see you open your mouth. He don't want to see you praise Jesus. He wants to see you discouraged, beat up, down and out. And the best thing that turns the devil on is not to see you when these pews are empty. 
Chairs are empty. Boy, she was on fire six months ago. The devil says, I'm going to fix to put a water hose on her though. I got some go-throughs for her. I got some go-throughs for him. He goes through this and it's going to just suck the air out of him. They won't be back. See, God wants to know, do we worship Him when things are good? Or can we worship Him when things are cruddy? When things are bad? Are we just mountaintop worshipers? Tell you what you need to do this week. You may need to go online with me. Let's all go buy some miracle berries. Amen? I mean, let's all come back in next Sunday with a handful of miracle berries. Say, look, oh man, Brother George, I made it through the week. You know how? I made lemon into lemonade. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. I made it through that trial. Devil, you thought you had me beat down, but we're back in church again this week. Oh, I may have the marriage problems. My kids may be driving me crazy, and I'm driving them crazy. Amen. Some of y'all I know got kids. The job is just driving me crazy. There's pressure. Listen, guys, there's more than just peer pressure in school. There's peer pressure for adults. Peer pressure just to give up. Listen, the devil wants you to go back. Everything that you've accomplished in the last six months to a year, everything that this church has accomplished in the last six months to the year, the devil wants to reverse it and see us go backwards. How many of y'all believe that? I mean, shake your head, give me a Presbyterian nod or something. He would love to see this church fall apart. Amen. How many of y'all believe that? There ain't no time to sit on our hands and feet. It ain't, it ain't, we don't have time to look holy, folks. This is war time. It's spiritual battle. I don't have time for wear a suit and tie and look holy every Sunday and tuck my Bible under my arm. I need to be real. Jesus has got to be real with me during my go-throughs. He's got to be there. I've got to know that He'll never forsake me, Randy. Never leave me when I fall. And I've got to know when the devil attacks my worship, I'm just going to pop a praise bear in. Amen? Amen. Everybody, everybody do that. Everybody put your praise bearer in your hand right here. Alright. Y'all going to worship with me. I don't care if you like it or not. Put him in there. Now everybody pop him in. Alright. It's going to be a whole new church. Whole new church. You're going to have a whole new week. But it's not about going through emotion. It's about getting back with Jesus. Get real with him and he'll get real with you. God is not looking for a church, a bunch of stuffy, tie-wearing, blue-jean-wearing, blue-jean-wearing, because the outer appearance don't mean nothing to Jesus. You can dress up and look like you can look holy, slick your hair back, wear a tie, and you ain't going to make me wear one either. He's looking at our hearts. God is truly searching for worshipers. He's looking for drug addicts that's been healed. Alcoholics that's been cleaned. People that's been brought up bad lifestyles and now can stand and say, my Redeemer lives. That's the worshipers Jesus is looking for today. He's not looking for a bunch of people that want to look good, smile good, and play the part. He's looking for the right heart. 
And that's who I want to worship with. Amen? Amen. That's who I want to preach to. People that want to be real, not a bunch of fakers. We all go through go-throughs. But one day, <coughs> in Ephesians, in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, I love this. One day the trumpet's going to sound. See, you say, well, Brother George, why are you preaching like this? And devils and angels and the Holy Spirit and the church, and they're desiring to look into what you have. Whether you know it or not, folks, I want to let you know a little secret. Outside these walls, it's called a sin-sick world. You go home today, turn your TV on, and see if there's not a rape. See if there's not an abortion. See if there's not a murder. Don't watch. No, let me take that back. Don't turn it on. You'll be depressed and have to pop another berry before you even get out of here. <laughs> if all you do is watch the news, you one depressed person. We live in a world that's sick. And the angels can see that. They've seen it from creation. They've seen it since the fall of the garden. They've seen sin come into this world. Angels have watched murders through the Bible. They've watched people in the Bible fall. They've watched godly men today fall. They see the sickness of the world and the killings and the wars and the rumors of wars. They see teachers having sex with their students. Can't even trust your teachers no more. They see the filth on TV. They see all this, but in the midst... Why are they so amazed, Brother George? Because in the middle of that, God raises up the redeemed. And they desire to have that. Even when they fall, they say, man, that guy falls, but he gets right back up. And Jesus wraps his arms of grace around him and loves him and hugs him and welcomes him back and restores him. I don't have that. When God says, sing, i got to sing. I've never fell in my life. That's what the angels say. I've never sinned. I've never had a divorce. I've never been on drugs. I've never had a breakup. I've never experienced hurt. These people get hurt. They live in a bad world down there, God. But I desire to have what they have. See how... See, guys, angels are desiring what we have this morning. They want to be part of the church. The redeemed. The blood-washed redeemed. See how important your relationship is? See how important church is? Tim, y'all, come up. I want to show you about the praise break. I got some, we're going to try to do this with a praise team this morning. But if you're here this morning, listen. You may have had a rough week. How many went through a go-through this last week? Raise your hand. This is going to be a good invitation. Hey, listen, if you've been, if you went through a go-through this last week, I don't care how small it was, how big it was, how earth-shattering it was, or how little it was. We need to lift up our breath, our mouth, and praise Jesus this morning in spite of it. Amen? Don't let the devil win. The angels will sit up in heaven here in just a minute. They're going to go, wow, pleasant hill. There's a lot of people in that building in the church that's going through some go-throughs. But wow, look at them worship and raise their hands. Look at them go to the altars. Look at them kneel down before the altar of God. 
You say, well, Brother George, how is that possible? Because we need to praise Jesus because, number one, we are redeemed. Amen? Amen. I mean, we can shout. Randy's so upset because his dogs got beat. I'd hate to be in his house last night. I bet he was hollering and screaming. Where is Randy? Oh, he's got his head down. There he is. Look at him. It was loud in that house. But you know what? That's a ball game, guys. Ball games are going to disappear. One day there will not be another football game. There will be not another basketball game, baseball game. There'll be another, there will be no more school events. Kids, I figure, will be going, ah, amen. There will be no school, no school events. All that's going to be passed away. And one day, only people that's going to be standing in the, facing Jesus will be the redeemed. That's why eternal is so important to you today. Where are you, where are you going to be in a hundred years from now? What's going to be the most important thing to you? I know I've said that a bunch, but we need to, we, we've got to get reprogrammed. What? We need to quit chasing the wind and going after the Joneses and buying the new stuff and looking and trying to beat everybody. We used to be better than the Joneses. Now we're trying to be better than the Joneses' kids. <laughs> Amen? We need to quit that rat race and get back to praising Jesus in our go-through. Amen? Amen? Some of y'all have experienced death this week. Some have experienced cancer reports. Some of y'all I don't even know about. Some of us in here are hurting on the inside. Amen? And God wants to stand here today and He wants to heal and He wants to touch you emotionally. But we're going to have to get up and not let the devil win this morning. Amen? Amen. We're going to stand up and let everything that has breath praise Him. Where's my Bible? <laughs> can you go to that in Psalms 150, Tina? You don't have to. I can. I, I got it right here. You can leave it on that song because I love this psalm right here. If I can ever get to it. I know, but I got the Word. Here too. Just like... I can't look at that screen and look at them. I got to be looking at them. Amen. I love this psalm right here. Look what it says. In verse 1, Praise the Lord. Starts off. How many of y'all woke up this morning ready to praise the Lord? Some did, but I'm telling you, some, some of us didn't. Because you've been such a go through this week and your world's been shattered. You've been emotionally just everywhere. And sometimes it's hard just to say, Jesus, I praise you. It's hard to praise Him in the dark. Guys, I know I've been there when it's dark. There have been some dark times in my life right before I surrendered to preach. And I've been in church all my life. i got news for you. It's more than being in church all your life. There's going to be a lot of people in church all their life die and go to hell. And that's the sad thing about it. Is they spend all their life being a pew sitter. But never knowing what it meant to be redeemed. You know, I look back at Randy and Melissa. I was thinking about this in a, what has been about a year and a half. It started off, lost your dad. And then didn't hardly get your dad's funeral with till you lost your brother. And in the meantime, during all that, her son had a motorcycle wreck and was in the hospital for eight months. Then they lost him. 
And then, just last week, Johnny and Phyllis, which would be Melissa's nephew, he gets killed in a motorcycle accident on Central. Number four. That's hurt. And that's why I look back. I look back this morning, no, and I, and I always wondered. I look back and I, I see Randy and Melissa sitting there and I see Johnny and Phyllis. They're still praising the Lord. Still praising Him. And I, and I ask myself, you know, could I get up and preach if all that happened to me? Could I preach? Could I be in church? If one hit after another hit, not because you messed up and did bad things, because we live this thing called life. But you know what? There's something special about the redeemed. He turns that hurt. He wipes away that tear. He picks us up. He restores us. We're wounded, but we can go on because of the relationship with Jesus. If it wasn't because of Him, we couldn't go on. See, when, when bad things happen like that, everything's stripped away but just your relationship with Jesus. That's all that matters. Where are you at with Jesus? How close are you with Him today? How close are you with this church? Have you been out of the church and just be bopping in and out? Won't you make a commitment this morning and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve Him. The devil's been fighting my family, killing my family, breaking my family up. Devil, today, I want to stand on that solid rock. And I want to praise you. That's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to blow this devil plumb out of this building this morning. Amen. Because I look at Psalms 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. I love that. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of a trumpet. Isn't that something? People that don't like using instruments in church don't need to read this verse. Amen? Because listen, God wants to be glorified through what we have. And I love this part because here's where the praise team is going to help me. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbre and the dance. Oh. Praise Him with string. Praise Him with...